Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey guys, go to BurtBurtBurt.com. I got all new BurtCast gear. I got a new BurtCast shirt. I got a new BurtCast coffee mug. I've always got the machine shirts, the murdered out machine shirts, and my book, Life of the Party. You can also check out my tour dates. Namely, January 30th, I will be in Tampa, Florida for an 11 a.m., 12 p.m. early morning call-in sick-to-work show. I will do Cowhead. I will, or Michael Calta, whatever you want to call this fucking guy these days. I will do Cowhead Show and I will head directly to the club with a little bit of a buzz on. So call in sick to work. Start your Gasparilla right and we will party Friday. And then I think Cowhead and I are getting afloat. I'm not really sure how that works. Um, today's guest is someone I'm really excited to talk to. Uh, as an FSU alumni and a guy in general, she is the original FSU cowgirl. She is a TV host, she is a stand up comedian. And also the recipient of an infamous dick pic. Today's guest, Jen Sturger. This is Trouble not stop. Here, grab that mic. You can hold it like this, or you can just talk into it like that. It's easier to hold sometimes, I feel like. Only because Joey Diaz is the only one I don't let. I just have. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Oh, I think this is in the other ear. Okay, talking that. Hello, hello. Yeah, our levels sound. I mean, almost professional. I mean, quite we honestly, are, we're perfection. Let's be real. It's it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> uh, in the, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna make this totally different this time because I'm so tired of fucking editing my podcast. In the man cave is Jen Sturger. Jen, I is, feel honored just to be here. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I told my buddy Eric Grusin that I was interviewing you, and he literally had a million questions. Oh, and God. If, he knew, if he wasn't in Mammoth right now skiing, he would be all over this. He'd the be, first five were all about boobs, right? No, no, actually, uh, none of them were about boobs. Or forty-year-old penis. Those are the two that I normally. Forty-year-old get. penis was definitely what he googled first. <laughs> That, by the way, that, so unimpressive. If I uh, had that, I would never text that to fucking anybody. Exactly. Oh, I mean, here's the thing. I, that's where I learned not to text your dick to people. That's when you. That's when you just hand your phone off to the black dude in the locker rooms. Like, handle this for me. Hey, yeah. Can you take one? <laughs> Do me a favor. Hey, money. If I get a picture of your junk. No, I. Uh, I, I used to text it. I used to be good friends with a uh, guy named Jay Moore, yeah. and I used to text my dick to Jay nonstop. <laughs> Like not like I mean it was like my favorite thing to do. I only texted it to dude. Him He'd wake Tom, up, get a get a dick. <laughs> him, him and Tom Segura, I would text my dick to all the time. And then, uh, then I think that was like the the beginning of finding out. I would never text it to a girl. Who in their fucking right minds does that? Thinking that's fucking acceptable. What's even better is a girl that you've never met. Think of it that way. <sighs> Like, how is that your, like, opener? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, I don't. It's not like, uh, hey, let's meet up. Hey, let's get a drink. Hey, want to see what I'm working with? Like, just remove if, all mystery from, like, get-go. It's like, it's like you, that's, that picture exclusively is like, a, is like if Cameron did the next cover of his album and he was in front of a uh, fucking ca- uh, Corolla. Oh, my like, God. It, like, it was just not, it's not, 
Eric Cruzen is responsible for me because oddly enough, I, I'm going to tell you this. I didn't know that was I didn't know that was you. Oh really? I had no idea. Oh, I, thank I knew God. you were. I knew who you were from Florida State. Oh yeah. I had yeah. no clue that was you. I didn't. I, I. I. It was one of those things where I was like. People usually know me from from one of two things, you know, either my college experience or that. I would much rather them know me from Florida State, but um, that yeah. one that ages us both. <laughs> and then the fact uh, that I still go on stage, number one party animal in the country. I, the fact that it, that is it brought up in my life. I we have a we have a number of interesting connections, uh, like that. I that hopefully we haven't had sex with the same people. <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> I've had my numbers like six, and my wife's two of them. The uh, no, but uh, no, that but I didn't know that was you. And and then what's interesting is I remember is oddly enough, and Eric's losing his mind right now. He was like, "Do you think you'll bring that up?" And I was like, "No," because I, honestly, because I know what it's like to not want to be associated with something for the rest of your life. Oh, uh, it sucks. But you know, I I've come up with a very interesting way of dealing with it now, and that is I'm just you know full. Like full disclosure, everything. I went and I actually taught a class on it. Not on like on, they're like yeah no on, on sports media. I was I, I taught a oh, class yeah. in sport, called sports media at the University of Florida for. I just came in as like a guest lecturer slash like you know whatever they interviewed me and I was like look nothing is off limits. I'll be completely honest with you guys about everything you know from start to finish whatever you literally figuratively whatever um, and I'll just answer everything that you want to know because. And one guy was like, so what's the best way to get into sports broadcasting? And I was like, just don't download Snapchat. That's the only yeah. thing I can yeah. recommend, you know? It's, 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 there's so many things that, and especially the, that tier of human being. Like there's white privilege, then there's, then there's pro athlete privilege. Oh my God, yeah. Where you believe. Where it's the- just, it's narcissism at its finest. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Dr. Drew wrote a really great book about it. And I was just like reading through it when I was going through everything in 2010 um, and just like how a lot of celebrities have that whole narcissism thing where they just think they can get away with anything until like some superior power comes along and is like, no, you're screwed. But when the superior power is Roger Goodell, <laughs> you know, whatever, did nothing's you, ever going to be. Did you have to deal with him? Oh, my God. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I actually I had to sit down in a meeting with him and um, he had on more makeup than I did. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was He's so awkward. That. He's got that creepy old plantation gay. Yeah. That, like that, like. <laughs> He's he he strikes me as a guy like do you remember the, the last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis? Yeah. Do you remember that uh, governor that would take women, tie them up, and beat them? Yeah. No, I'm not saying that Robert Goodell does that, but I mean I he's wouldn't got be shocked. Look. I wouldn't be shocked if he did. <laughs> um, he I made him so angry uh, with this one comment that I made because in case you haven't figured it out, I'm wildly inappropriate and um, and just very blunt and like one of the guys. So you know. It wasn't even necessarily the stuff that I went through in 2008 that sucked. It was when everyone found out about it and passed judgment on me without knowing the whole story. Yeah. That hurt way more, especially when it was like people that I respected, like my peers in the industry, because I had my own show at the time. Yeah. Like I was on the air, like I was working in sports and um, like seeing guys like uh, Florio and like, you know, NFL announcers that I'd worked with before making judgments on my character. I'm like, how can you say that to me and then run into me somewhere and be nice to me? Like, you're so full of crap. Like, let's not talk out of both sides of our mouth just for the sake of your ratings or for like you protecting the shield, because that's what the whole thing was about. You know, I don't make the NFL money. I didn't make the NFL money then. So they had no reason to protect me. And, um, Roger Goodell made some comment. I was like, I basically said, you're not going to, uh, I was like, 
He's like, doesn't matter what I tell you or if I cooperate because it's going to remain the same. He's like, are you saying I I can't do anything? I'm like, I'm not saying you can't do anything. I'm saying you won't do anything. What you said is so brilliant because it is very true. I go back to the – I'll take it back one step. And what you said, uh, you don't make the NFL any money. No. And that is – look at comedy clubs, which you're dealing with now. I mean, if if you don't – I mean, and I love love all the clubs I work at – but when the comedy store had that beef with Carlos Mencia and Joe Rogan, Carlos Mencia was making the money, and Joe at the time was the guy from Fear. He wasn't. He, he was wasn't, the guy from Fear Factor. He, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't uh, the mind of Mencia. He wasn't where they thought, and so they picked Carlos. Horrific call. Yeah. But they picked Carlos, and they said, "Sorry, Joe." And the agent said the same thing. Manager said, "Not man, Joe's manager, but like they did. That's what everyone did. They went to where the money was, and it was the wrong fucking call. And at the time, Brett Favre was this dude that yeah. was just like, I mean, he was. I, he I was, was untouchable. With, I was in love with the guy up until that point. Like I was because I was. I he had a drug addiction, so I connected with him. Yeah, exactly. I was like guy parties. Well, people want to see that you're flawed, and you know, like that's why I think stand up has been so good to me in the little time that I've been doing it is. I love talking about how fucked up I am because it's, I'm just like, look, we all have our stuff to deal with, you know, and the fact that I get to deal with it on stage now, I feel like, and, and I get to keep my clothes on while I do it, is just something I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do, but I always wanted to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, the, one of the first thing, and I'm going back to Eric Grusin one more time, is he was like, uh, and I was Eric's like, like, I got so many mentions in this. Eric's going to, I guarantee we listen to this on the ride back from Mammoth and he will be like, oh, I'm calling me now every five seconds. The, Aww. um. He's not that good looking. Um, but uh, one of the things I said was, I was like, well, she's into comedy. She's there. The you, you, There's no, you can't horse shit around with comedy. You can't lie on stage. You can't go up there and go, go, um, there's, I, I, I'm a different person. I'm a, I'm a. No, the audience smells it. They smell the bullshit. And, you know, one of the things that I was learning really early on was I thought I had to make people like me when I went on stage. And. Then I fell into this whole kind of like with the roast battle at the comedy store. I fell into this kind of roast world and I found out that I was really good at being a jerk. Yeah. And but being a funny jerk, you know, like almost likable. Um, And so once I started like tailoring my act more to that and just my natural no BS East Coast kind of voice, like I started like really settling in. And so my shows have been a lot better ever since I stopped caring. It's uh, well, once you stop caring, it's so freeing. And then some te- some people find their voice quickly. Some people, it's thrust upon. Like so- some people, like I, I got, f- I, I, I don't know. I th- think it comes naturally to some people, and I don't think it comes naturally to some people. Yeah. And I, and I, you said something very interesting, and I don't know if it was on TMZ or if it was on something. It was one of the things that Eric brought up. Is like, I don't, do you talk about the Brett Favre Dicks situation on stage? On stage, and you were like, no, I don't. I kind of want to move past that. The fucking smartest thing in the world because, like, what you do not want to everyone be the else person. is making dick jokes. First of all, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just so blase. And granted, I did make one yesterday. Um, because if I could ever tie dicks and sports together on Twitter, it's just retweet gold. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of shame, yeah, it's kind of shameless, you know what I mean? I'm like, whatever. Um, but I was stuck at home, sick, and just you know making dick jokes from the comfort of my own home yesterday, yeah. <laughs> but I won't do it on stage, I just don't. Well, it's, 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 it's just so much other material. Yeah. When I started stand up, so I, I want to, I'd like to backtrack if I could. To, Whatever. This I is your show. The, I'm I just go looking at it. <laughs> well, I, what I find fascinating, what I've always found fascinating about you is that we come from the same cut of cloth. Florida kids who went to Florida State, who found fame at Florida State, yeah. and then moved into the entertainment business. 
and I, I call it white trash glory. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it really that's is. That's why I love this cave. I'm like, holy crap, how can I make one of these? Oh, yeah, this thing. <laughs> this thing, I couldn't afford this thing. They uh, DIY Networks built it for me. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah, it's it's the best thing that happened to me, including my family. Like, <laughs> it's the only reason we're not getting rid of this shit house is because of this goddamn man cave. Like, You have to have this in your life. I like it's got, like, double security electric locks. Like, no one is getting into this shit. <laughs> I got knives everywhere. I got a machete. I've, I'm, I've literally... I'm, it's like my uh, Howard Hughes room. Like, if I didn't know any better, I would wonder if I was doing a podcast or coming under the set of Deliverance, like, the yeah. technology. <laughs> it's got, There's just a lot of weapons around, but I dig it. I really dig it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got... I love... I, I set it up because, in a weird way, it's a representation of all the shit I'm not. Because I don't really have the kind of money that would build this man cave. And I don't really have the kind of taste that would put up, you know, all the albums are the albums I like, but they were put up by the man cave people. But but your inner white trash soul goes, oh, yeah, if I had class and taste, I would have done this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) then I've got my adventurer's corner. I got my scuba gear, my climbing gear, my motorcycle gloves, my Puerto Rican. uh, I think it's kind of like, I don't know. But like it's it is a it is. Do you wear that out in public? The mask? Yes. Yeah. I, we were in Puerto Rico. And During just, sex. And I thought it was so inappropriate because it looks racist. And they were, it looks so inappropriate that I fucking bought three of them. I was like, <laughs> I give them to all my friends. I need all of these. These are my Christmas gifts. <laughs> um, but you went to Florida. You grew up in Miami? I was born in Miami, raised in Tampa. You were raised in Tampa? Yeah. Where did you go to high school? Gaither. Shut up. So I was the Gaither up. Cowboys, which is where – okay, so there was this really – hot mom um josie's mom i don't even remember her name but we called her josie's mom and josie's mom would come to all the football games is that the same that the like, song josie's mom no that's not- stacy's oh, mom Stacey's. and that's my sister's name so everyone was always like and my mom's super hot so when that song came out i was just tormented relentlessly i think your mom is super hot my mom is smoking hot where did you guys where did you guys live like north tampa lutes we live right near jeter dude i live well, in lutes old jeter. i grew up in lutes Really? I grew up in Lutz. I grew up on... Uh, All 500 of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always make this joke, but when we moved into Lutz, I moved in like like 80s, in the 80s. Oh, there wasn't anything out there. There was nothing. There was a Circle K. That was it. Did your house Florida. have wheels underneath it? Be real. Nope. Oh, nope. really? We were in the one of the few... It's You know where Avila is? Yeah. We're right... We're Avila adjacent. We're on that... On the lake... Our yeah. lake shares a lake with Avila. I was right by the... We're just north of there. It was a, it was a newer subdivision. Um... Mm. But yeah, I guess you probably can't say the name. I was about to say the name of my parents' subdivision. I was like, that's probably a bad probably, idea. Probably a bad idea. Yeah. But um, yeah, we grew up out there, and uh, and then I went to Jesuit. Sweet. And then you went to Gaither, and I would have gone to Gaither because that's where I would. Yeah, that's your been. zoning. Yeah. Yeah. But I um, my parents actually, we lived right by Gaither, like right behind like the checkers and stuff. That was, like I said, white trash roots. Um, right behind like the checkers and the Texaco and stuff. By off Dale Mabry. Right off Dale Mabry. Yeah. <laughs> and so we moved out of there. Because <laughs> um, my dad had a better job at the time, and so he built a house up in Lutz to get us out of that neighborhood. Are you Jewish? Just, no. Okay. I took the Jew out of my nose a long time ago. <laughs> um, I'm very honest about that too. You yeah. know, like if people people are like, she did something to her face. I'm like, what haven't I done to my face? Like, Wait, what? you know? Oh, did you get a, new, a nose job? Yeah. Well, I got a nose job because I actually took a softball to the face in eighth grade. And my mom and dad were like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. um, and then when I got the money to replace it, I did. You know, yeah. I've paid for all my plastic surgery. Like, my parents never bought me any of that crap. That's crazy. Um, in fact, they mocked me when I would be in my recovery processes. Like, Really? Yeah. One of my favorite stories is when I actually got my nose surgery. Um, I was dating a guy at the time 
he's the only professional athlete I've ever dated, and he played for Tampa. And he was like, "You got to watch me." I'm the Bucks? P- no, you got to watch me. I'm gonna pitch against. I'm pitching oh. against Boston. And I was like, "Okay, cool." Uh, it was the day of my surgery that he was pitching against Boston. So I like drug myself out of bed, like dragged myself out of bed and like was laying on the couch with my mom, like all doped up on drugs. My mom said that I started petting her arm and I looked up at her and I go, you're not Vegas. Like I didn't even know where I was. I thought she was my cat. Like, so needless to say, I have no idea if he pitched well or not that day. Um, so, so wait, so you go to Gaither and then, uh, I went to USF because my parents didn't trust me to go away to, to college at first. And they were absolutely right in that assumption yeah. <laughs> because look what I did in the two years I was at Florida state. Um, I tore that town up. I don't know how I did not get arrested in college. I have the same where questions. I'm just like, how did I never end up in, dr- in jail? The drunk tank, like nothing. You it, know? Was, it was such a, it was such a user friendly town. Yeah, it, it was, still it was, is. It's a town with bumpers. It still is, though. I went back for the uh, for the Florida game this year, and I haven't seen that town since 2006. Didn't even recognize it, you know? Yeah, I, someone I, someone told me about it. They built this whole college town thing, which is basically like South Beach for college kids, right across the street from the stadium. So it's super convenient. So wait, wait. So like right across the street from the stadium... Meaning where all the warehouses and yeah. apartments were, those are all gone. Now they're like high rise, like just, amazing just, just north of the stadium. Meaning mm, like, uh, no, like what's, what's off campus, like off of. Oh, over. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right over by where late the cowhouse used to be right by late night library, right across from where. Yeah. Late night library okay. Used I know to be. that. Yeah. I know where that is. Yeah. So they built like a, like a like South Beach. Clubs like- and stuff. Like there's clubs everywhere. I was like, damn, you kids don't know how good you had. Like I sound like God. the old person on campus. You guys don't know how good you have it. Blah, I, blah, blah. If you wanted to do, if like clubs, when I was in college, clubs meant you were doing coke and ecstasy. But if you wanted to do coke and ecstasy, you had to go to like downtown Tallahassee. There was that club. I, I, I was like, I forget the name of it. I want to call my buddies right now. But like there was like one club. Uh, downtown, you know, like de- like I didn't really party that hard like that. Oh. I didn't go that hard in college. Me either, then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Dude, if you want, deviate septum, bro. I couldn't be I couldn't be trashing that thing any more than it already was. Ours was Yanni's. Uh, it would have just ended up back on the table. Yeah. Like that's how broken my nose was. <laughs> and then it just <laughs> exactly. jumps right back out. Exactly. Um, no, ours was Yanni's, Ken's, uh, like the Tennessee Strip. Yeah, that's where um, I came into the. I came into Tallahassee during the. I closed down late night library. Yeah. Um, I bartended at like Bajas and I bartended at Elements. I'm pretty sure they're all called different things now. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like I just I was so blown away with what that town is like now. <sighs> no. It's I, I haven't been back. I haven't been back since I graduated. But don't get me wrong, that town still won. Like yeah. I went there for two days, and I was like, I woke up like Zach Galifianakis on on, on Sunday. <laughs> like, didn't know where my pants were. Like, completely. Like my body hurt from head to toe. Like my ears hurt. I was like, how am I this hungover? Because <laughs> so- I'm like, I didn't even. I don't think I took in a thousand calories that weekend that wasn't in booze. <sighs> And I, that's something I just don't do. You so when know? you go back, do you go back with friends? Do you meet up with people? I met up with people. You know, I, that that um, that was my birthday weekend. And so I took a bunch of girlfriends up there that like I had done the whole cowgirling thing or they had done it after me when I left. Um, and we just kind what of was, all met up together. St- so <clears throat> all I remember about the cowgirl thing is I was in New York, I want to say. I want to say it was like, what was it, two, 2004? 
2005 was when it started. 2005. Mm-hmm. I just had kids. I had just grown up. And my buddy Keith M Street texted me. He's like, Holy He's like, you picked shit. the wrong time to grow up, He's dude. He's like, you got to come back. Look at the talent at Florida State. And I was like, I was like, I have kids. I'm grown up. I can't go back now. I don't. And, I, and it's like. I'm, but you make a very strong argument. And I, and I saw the picture and I was like, holy shit, man. And then, then it was like all over. I mean, it blew up. And it was. You know why I think it happened, though, is because I was really active on the message boards. Like I participated in people knowing who I was, you know what I mean? And I made myself really approachable and likable online because that's just who I am, you know, like really honest and blunt and inappropriate. And none of the other girls really did that. And so like people didn't know them beyond the pictures, but like, I got known as having a, a personality too. So wait, how did that? How did that whole? Because I was definitely the ugliest one out of all of us. Let's be real. Like, no, no. There's <laughs> yeah. one. That, there's one that that Eric Grusin could argue didn't belong in the lineup. <laughs> um, but no, wait. How did that start? How did you? How did that? Sheer dumb luck. Like, like, t- walk me through it. Like, people always go, "How did you get voted the number one party animal in the country?" I go, "Fucking the guy called five people. The five people were head of scalp hunters, head of lambda Kai, head of ATO, head of KA, and the president of the school. I knew all five of them and partied to all five of them at the, that night before, so they all said my name. Yeah, and you were fresh in their memory. And I was just, and it, and they all, and half of them thought I was prank calling them because <laughs> we partied them into the ground that night, and everyone was like, "Oh, bird party's hard." The guy called me. I was taking a bong hit, and. As I answered the, as, you're like, do you need references? I have a couple. <laughs> yeah, as I exhaled. And he goes, "This is fucking perfect." So people always ask that, and I go, "That's the simple. It's, there's no real fucking like. There's no real like. I didn't win a contest, but like, I always wondered how did that happen? Like, what? Like, were you guys doing that every game, and then no. it got discovered, or did it happen one time? And I know Brett Musburger had a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, that with, was huge. You know. Um, and I'm still pissed now because, like, when Catherine Webb got discovered, they put, like, her Twitter handle, like, up on TV. Oh, I was like, man, if that had happened to me, I'd have blown up. Um, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> exactly. Um, but, no, it was it was just him making that comment. Uh, and just, they kept coming back to us, you know? And they, it's weird because they kind of did it this past Thanksgiving, too. They would keep coming back to us on TV and stuff. Um, and my friends were all making jokes. They're like, you're totally going to be on TV again. I was like, no, ESPN's moved past me. <laughs> and they were like, no, I don't think they have. Because um, you can only show, J- show Jameis on the sidelines so many times uh, before you're just like, yeah. Um, that fucking guy. <laughs> that guy. Everyone's always like, I can't cheer for your team because I hate your quarterback. I'm like. I hate my quarterback too, but I'm still going to cheer for my team. Yeah. You know, like I, Poor kid. I I'm ready for him to move on. on you know, he's, he, he it's narcissism at its finest. He's not a dumb kid. He's not dumb at all. Really? No, he's in like AP classes and stuff. Yeah. I don't believe that though. I do. Like, I, like, cause I went to Florida state and I remember like, I, everyone's like, he's got a 4.0 and I'm like, hold on. Yeah. I, really? Yeah. Tom, you know, Tom Segura, mm-hmm. Tom Segura and I had a debate about him being like Forrest Gump. Like just being so fucking lucky to be in the wrong place, but at the right, and, yeah. and just get through life. But <clears throat> I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not going to pass judgment on the kid. I'm not him. I never yeah, had to deal with his shit. Exactly. I can't imagine what that microscope's like. And that, but but when you live in that microscope, you have to understand, like, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. That kind of thing. He you definitely know? does not see that. He doesn't get that no, at he all. Is, he's, he's like, why Superman. people judging me? Because uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy at this point. He, he's Superman, but if Superman didn't have the discreetness to ever be Clark Kent. Exactly. Like he's just doing shots in the cape. Just exactly. <laughs> Watch this. X-ray vision. Light that bitch up. Exactly. Oh, but I mean, 
I don't I don't necessarily think everything went down at Florida State the way the media wants you to believe it did. Like having gone through a media shitstorm, I understand how the media twist things. And that was something that hold on, start take me to the media because I had I, I and this is by the way why I was so um fascinated by your your trajectory. Because I had a media shitstorm happen to me. But I want to know, so you girls are at one game. Brett Mer- Musburger lights you guys up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, and I, your life changes. Yeah, it was pretty much overnight. You know, um, I like a month, to put it in perspective, a month later, I'm posing for Playboy and Maxim within two weeks of each other. Holy shit. So, okay, so you have to have tons of haters on, on campus. Absolutely. Oh. And what's funny is a lot of people think I, they, they didn't want to believe I went to school there. Because I would show up like this to class. Yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. You know, um, I was like, oh, my God, you guys got ready. I slept in an extra hour and a half. <laughs> Joke's on you. You yeah. know, I just didn't care. Um, uh, so, like, people didn't think I went to school there. And then I actually had one girl in one of my classes not realizing that I was in the class make a comment about the girl at the football games. Um basically saying that women that because it was like at a time that a police officer we were talking it was a criminal justice class and we were talking about how a police officer um had gotten thrown off the co- uh, off the um the squad or whatever because she had posed for playboy and i was just like i think that's just such a dumb thing you know because I, she's like she basically said that the girl in class was making judgments on the lady saying she was dumb or you know basically saying she wasn't qualified to do her job because she'd done this other thing to get paid you know, yeah. on the side. And so I just leveled this girl in class. I'm like, you know what? For the sake of generalization, let's just say all women that have nice bodies and compose for men's magazines are just complete idiots. I was like, but what do I know? And yeah. I just, like, it was one of those Kermit the Frog memes, but like before it got started, I was like, this is none of my business. Yeah. And I just sat down and people were like, oh, shit, that's the girl. <laughs> and um, that's when people were like, oh, she really does go to school here. Yeah. You know? I had a class. I had an English class about me. <laughs> we spent we spent like three classes talking about me and what I had done to the school and what my responsibility was and I was in the fucking class. I was an English class. Did they know? Yeah, yes. It was like a fucking class of 22 people, 18 oh, people. Man. I sat in there and I'm and the teacher by the way failed me. Uh it's in my book. I wrote a book and it's in my book. That's the fucking teacher who told me I'd never amount to shit if I wanted to be famous. I had one of those too. You know what happened? 3 weeks ago he got arrested for having child porn. And I was, thank God. And so I just posted his picture. I was like, to the teacher that said I would never amount to shit in life. Um, thanks. Things are going really well for you too, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> I, I sat in the teacher's office. He failed me, and it was a it was fucking objective writing, a subjective objective writing course where it's like it was like short stories, and it was like you can't fucking fail me. I no. turn in the shit, and he failed me. And I went, and so the, I went to the registrations building, and I was like. Yeah, I failed. And they're like, "Oh, you're a graduating senior. Go talk to him. He'll let you make it up." That's there's they never don't let a graduating senior just make up the class over the summer. So I went to his little fucking closet in an office and uh, in the Williams Building, and I walked in, and he just was like, "I'll never fucking help you. You're you fucking you've sullied this sullied the school's name of which I've gotten my degree. You are a joke. You've made everything a joke. You've flip flopped your way of life through class. You you can go fuck yourself." I remember thinking like. Is this a prank show? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Ashton, where's yeah. Ashton? You got me. And he was like, he was like, you're fucking, I'll never give you a credit. And he's like, you're famous, man. Go to Hollywood. Be a fucking star. You got a book. I had gotten offered a 
a book deal, which, which which fizzled. Amazing. Which, and I, I, and Oliver Stone optioned the rights to my life, and it was like a big fucking deal. I mean, it was a real like it was. I I can't I cannot. It was not as big a deal as yours. Own I, I would say only in the sense that like it was print. It was it was like a fucking Rolling Stone article, so it was like you know I mean it, it is what it was, but it's at the huge. time at the time it was the biggest thing that I had ever experienced, and it, so I can only put it in that. But I remember him telling me that, and I was like, motherfucker, and I was like, this is this sucks. But mine wasn't any bigger than that, though, dude. You at least got words. Mine were just pictures. <laughs> yours were pictures, but it was viral. I mean, you were you were arguably you know one who of was the really most... responsible for a lot of that, though. Who? I hate to even say it, but Deadspin. Really? Yeah, Deadspin really was the one that brought me to the attention of uh, the Maxim editors. Really? Yeah, because AJ was really good friends with uh, this guy, Eric, that worked at Maxim at the time. And uh, that's where he'd see my pictures. And so that's how they contacted me. So the media. So Deadspin was actually my rise and my demise. Well, they, they, yeah, I, I, I don't I only know of Deadspin. I don't know any of their. I've never been to their site, really. Yeah. But I've seen their shit. So you, the media glare is enormous it's you it's you it's this girl who's in the cowgirls that like if you could say like the the four horsemen of the cowgirls uh cj perry who's actually now lena on wwe i saw that last night i I, I don't she was in uh she was in like the second generation you know what i mean like like she was in the next generation of of star trek you know like the new class say by the bell the new class but the original were like me fabiola who was a miami dolphins cheerleader and my girlfriend crystal who i'm actually really still good friends with she's out here um she has her own pilates studio um yeah and we're still great friends um, that was that was real friendship. You so know? that was the first three was was who were kind of recognized. Yeah, and then and then CJ and Allison came along the next year, um, and I kind of got them started and then left them. Now, how does that work? Do they know you? And they're like, I want to party. They kind of reached out to me. You know, they reached out to me through Facebook, and they're like, I want to do what you do. You know, and um, Allison had already posed for Playboy at the time, uh, and she just had like this New Jersey like you know. Um, kind of sass to her, which I liked. I identified with just because I liked I liked her spunk. Yeah. And then CJ was just she had the biggest heart in the world, and I could tell she was going to do whatever it took to make it, you know, and be a good person about it. And CJ and I are still really great friends. We actually went through the divas training together. Like I WWE approached me about being a diva like about a year and a half ago or something, and went through the training. But I had already had too many head injuries, and I broke my neck in 2011. No one knew about it. How? Car accident? No, I fell off four-story scaffolding. Oh, wait. (laughs) When were you doing construction work? No, I was actually doing a bit for Fox about being over my fear of heights, and I just landed wrong. Don't ever let a guy named Tex teach you how to fall on your head properly, is what the moral of the story is. Oh, fuck. I do that shit all the time. (laughs) What, falling on your head? No, I jump off into like airbags and stuff. Yeah. Fucking nightmare. But you have to learn how to do it properly. And so all of wwe training was that so day three of wwe training i'm getting steroid shots in my butt i'm like this is the beginning of the end yeah like, you're like oh my god i'm gonna be i'm gonna, the be, fu- the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like be Hulk Hogan. exactly i'm like i'm gonna be a home run hitter this is my sports career is gonna take off after this yeah and so so um so then the 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 five of you do it the next year and it's and and, and then now and then then it's just yeah and then what happened was um 
a website at Florida State, Warchan actually took over and they they were asking me and the only reason I let them do it was because my friend at the time was running was kind of like overseeing it all so I knew it wasn't going to be used for like bad um but like I just felt like any organization that was run by men that was going to try to take control over this thing I'd created was going to use it to exploit women you know and make them do shitty things in order to do what I did on campus and I never had to do any of that like I never I answered to myself you know when it came to that stuff no one told me what to wear like I I did everything yeah so I, when my friend was running and I felt really good about it and then it just kind of fizzled out from there. Um, you know, I'm sure I still saw a bunch of girls wearing cowboy hats and stuff to the game. And I was like, yes, it's I started this. It's interesting to create something like and and then go and then have it take off to the next level and see it being replicated and want to have somewhat of ownership to it. Dude, it happened to me last week, though. Have you seen the article? No. Oh, my God. So this is going to be like – it's it's good and bad because, one, it, it'll probably piss off my fan base. Um, but, two, it shows that I am funny and I can write jokes. So I got asked by a buddy, a comic buddy of mine who was doing the shows for the two Rose Bowl teams to write him some roast jokes for both teams, for Florida State and for Oregon. Who's comic? Can you say his name? Brad Williams. Brad? Yeah. Oh. Brad's like my little Brad's like my comedy godfather. You know what I mean? Like I don't say I have a mentor, but he's like my little comedy godfather. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like your he's like your angel he's on my your shoulder. Fairy, yeah, he's he's my fairy godfather. But I he's love Brad. like you know, Brad's fantastic. Everyone needs a midget. And like that's the, that's just the bottom line. Yeah, um, a midget father. So it's so funny. He'll be like, da, 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 you know, like pointing up to me and yelling at me about stuff. And I'm like, bitch, sit down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so he'd asked me to write some roast jokes for him, and I was like, yeah, sure. I, I love being mean, and. I wrote a bunch of jokes. They crushed. Like, I mean, I ripped both teams to shreds um, and like in their respective uh, like rivals. You know what I mean? Like the Gators were destroyed. Yeah. Um, but the joke that killed the hardest for Oregon was Brad said, hey, guys, you know, just have a great time in Hollywood. And remember, no means no. Oh, really? Nice. And so then they take and that. And so they took that. And they did it after the game, and it goes viral. Oh fuck! And I was like, "Oh shit, what have I done again?" You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and no one's gonna be able to trace this back to me. But I'm like, part of me. But feels in your head, proud. in your head, you're like, I, I had a hand in this. Yeah, part of me's proud. Like, yeah, I wrote a really solid sort of rape joke yeah. but it's more about a psa like yeah. that's the angle that i went with it i'm like it was a psa you know god that's so crazy and so i was like no one's gonna know it's me but like i kind of felt a little validated because you have to always find the bright side when you get your you know curb stomped um in yeah. a game like that <laughs> but so like the next day i get a call from brad and he's like so uh tmz found out that i said the joke but don't worry i gave you full credit for it you're like god brad, no, that's what i'm looking for no, i was looking for no, 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 no. Is that what I'm looking for? Just exactly. a nod from you that I wrote. Just a nod. Just, a nod. just a nod. Just a nod. Just it was written by a really good comic friend of mine. Um, but you know, I I didn't really get as much flack for it as I thought I would. I bet that joke murdered in the fucking locker room. It just well, it wasn't even in the locker room. It was at the improv. Oh, I that, went. Oh, they came to the improv. Yeah, I went. Oh. I went and I sat down next to Mariota and I didn't even realize it because like. From the waist up, this is gonna sound terrible coming from me. From the waist up, he didn't really look that big. Um, yeah. He's one. Of, is he one of those big hipped, big ass, long leg dudes? He's just super. Yeah, like he, for sitting down, like he wasn't any taller than I was. Yeah. Um, granted, I was sitting on a stool, but like I, I came in to watch Brad, and when he did that joke, it just 
destroyed like the room got ripped off the improv yeah and like i've never felt more validation when it comes to writing jokes than when you get that like oh snap like i'm never gonna have a joke that like makes people like laugh hysterically but i always have the jokes where people go oh damn or oh snap that's just it's part of i always say on stage in this is this is gonna sound. It's, I'd say this to a guy in a heartbeat, but in a girl alone in my man cave, it sounds creepy. But when you get a crowd to do that, it's like when a woman gags when she's blowing you. You're like, it's not the reaction you're looking for. You don't exactly. want a girl just too too far east is west sometimes, but not one good gag and you're like, oh, I'm going yard in this job. Exactly. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Um, when you can make black guys jump up on the on the like bench sheets at the improv and like smack the roof because they're laughing so hard yeah. and jumping around. Like, you know, you've written a good joke. When you make athletes laugh, there's a it, athletes in general oh are such like a bully. Stoic. Like stoic. Like, you know, but but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. That's fucking insane. So then so so tell me about the media glare then right after you guys come out with the cowgirls. What like- that wasn't even the really bad media glare, though. The, the bad media glare, the one that I was re- referring to was people don't understand how the media is so easily manipulated. Like, it's all about, like, when the whole scandal thing, the situation came out. Um, the farm it, shit? Yeah, it was all about what I could provide the media. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. the same thing I was talking about before, where it's like the shield, you know, where I didn't have anything to offer the media. And unless I had a tidbit to offer them that they weren't going to get anywhere else, like some kind of exclusive, like, they weren't going to be on my side, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I needed one of those like Ohio against the world, but I needed Sturger against the world shirts made at that point in time, you know? Yeah. Um, but like seeing how the media was so easily manipulated and like how the NFL would like put out statements in order to get me to cooperate or to get me to give them something. It was all a giant chess match and it was such BS. And I watched them do the same thing for like for Jameis, for the Manti Teo thing. Like, it's just so interesting to see how, when these when these types of situations happen, just the chess playing that goes on. Like, the NFL finally got caught in the whole chess game thing with the Ray, with the Rice. Ray Rice stuff. There was not a better, like, vindication for what I went through than watching that whole thing just fall apart on them. Yeah. You know, I hate to say I, I, it sucks that it came down to something that disgusting. And it stinks for you because you are a genuine sports fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so to watch something you enjoy. Now I just watch sports to roast them, honestly. <laughs> you know, like I I love writing sports roast jokes. Yeah. And I think I've always actually been that way. But now it's more so because now I've got no dog in the fight. Like I'm probably not going to work in sports unless it's some kind of sports job where people get me and they get my sense of humor and they get that I'm going to be inappropriate like a you know like a Joe Rogan with boobs you know because yeah. <laughs> like you just have to understand what I come with you know the the baggage that I come with it's great baggage and I think it's a lot of fun yeah well it's 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 baggage there's two things that I've that I that you've said that I, that I that are huge things for me number one you and uh, CJ, I respect anyone who comes out of Florida State with aspirations for Hollywood or or television or movies or or broadcasting. I respect that immensely because I don't think anyone listening, maybe a lot of people listen to this and understand this feeling, but 
th- that is not instilled in us. At Florida State, you can be medical sales is like big. You can maybe law, go to law. law go That's to law what I was school. going to school yeah. for. Go to law school. Um, you, you don't see a lot of dentists, oddly enough, at Florida State. You yeah. see a lot of nurses. A lot of people want to be nurses. We had a big nursing school. Yeah. But like, and, and a lot of like hospitality majors. But you don't see people saying, like, I, I did not ever hear ever of anyone wanting to be a comedian. So when I decided I wanted to be a comedian, I remember I told like this girl I was dating, this girl that cheated on me, she told me, uh, oh, honey, we were in bed before the Miami game. And I was laying in bed and I realized I would make people laugh tonight. Everyone always said you need to be a comedian. And I was like, I told her, I said, laying in bed with her. And she was in uh, the theater school. And I said, um, I think I want to be a comedian. She was like, oh, honey, you're not smart, funny. You're dumb, funny. Like comedians are smart. Whatever. And I remember being like, oh, note to self, never tell anyone a dream again. <laughs> I was like, I guess I won't dream be sharing snipers. I, guess I won't be sharing my dreams with I, anybody. I have so many dream snipers though around but me. That's what, that, my what, parents are my biggest haters. Are you kidding me? Like they love me, but like they're always like, "When are you going to give this up?" You they, know, they get protective. My parents were the same way, and they are because they don't see things around them. No one, no one from fucking Gaither is no. in Hollywood. The only person I Jane Channing Tatum in, actually. Channing Tatum went to Gaither. Yeah, he actually stripped at my girlfriend's bachelorette party too. Channing Tatum. Went to Gaither? Yes. Are you fucking shitting yeah. me? Yeah, his freshman and sophomore year, he went to Gaither. Liz Vassy went to Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty famous uh, actress. I did a pilot with her. Um, the uh, Brittany Snow went to Brittany Gaither. Brittany Snow went to Gaither. Uh, there's a girl that was that went to Academy yeah. that I know of. She has like a girl group, but she does some acting too. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and um Lauren something. I ran I into remember. Britney Snow's married or to Ashley. uh married to the center fielder for the Indians. Right? Britney Snow? No, 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 no. Garcia uh is married to the center fielder for the Indians. Uh, yes. uh she she went to I think she went to Academy. Garcia, she's an actress. She owns horses up at the horse ranch up there. Oh I probably shouldn't say that, but whatever. I don't but um, so putting like everybody's personal shit on blast. Small, people in Tampa and out of Florida State don't have those dreams. So when no. like when like I hear like out of my graduating group, it was me and this girl, Courtney Hansen. Courtney Hansen was a pie fi She went on to host all those car TV shows that blew up. Like, uh, yeah. And she, I still talk to her, but it was just me and her. That was it. Yeah. It was, and I and I didn't know anyone else. I came out here. I didn't know a fucking soul. I went to New York. I didn't know a fucking soul. Everyone. That's exactly how I did it. I went to New York, and the only so wait, person you graduate, I, you graduate, and then you just moved right to New York with 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 a lock in, or did it did? I had the Jets job, and I had a bunch of other jobs lined up too. But right when I moved to New York was when everything crashed in two thousand and eight. So a lot of projects that I was working on lost their funding, like major television shows lost their funding, and I was the Jets job was the only job that I had. Pretty so great people, job though, right? <laughs> I mean, no, I hated it. I had to take so much medication, like prescribed medication, just to be able to handle the anxiety that I would go into that job with. So wait, what did you do for the Jets? I did like, I was basically the cheerleader that was too retarded to dance. So they gave me a microphone and I got to interview celebrities and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, So I was basically just like in like an stadium like an in-stadium host you know sometimes my stuff would air on like sny and little tiny things but it was predominantly in the stadium you know so like uh you had to interview joe namath right oh my god i have the best joe namath story ever uh joe namath actually was there when i took my friend to uh this like this like vip thing before i started working for the jets i took my gay 
because every girl's got a gay. Yeah. I took my gay to this Jets game with me, and we had like the whole VIP treatment. And my gay had kind of wandered off from me while I was like talking to the Jets Where people is Mark and Sanchez? stuff. <laughs> no, it was before Mark was there. It was before Mark was there. Uh, but so, anyways, he had wandered away from me in like the VIP like area where people are drinking and stuff like that. A lot of booze going on, food, whatever. They take really good care of you and the hospitality stuff. And my gay comes back and he's loaded and he's like, oh, my God, Jen, you got to meet this cool guy I met. It's so he's so hilarious. And he's like, Jen, this is my friend, Joe. <laughs> and they are both hammered. Joe yes. And it was Joe Namath. I'm like, you've no idea who you're hanging out with right now. And it's adorable. But then Joe got whisked away. He's like, oh, I got to go do some media stuff on the field. He's like, but I'll catch you later. Like he was really like he was like really getting drunk with my friend yeah with my gay and that was the day that joe did the Susie, i just want to kiss you <laughs> my gay was responsible joe, for getting joe, joe that drunk oh that's so great it was so amazing uh, there's, I and so gavin po- gavin will just post pictures of him with joe he's like remember that he's like never hashtag never forget like <laughs> joe woke up the next morning i'm never hanging out with gay guys again exactly they're the fucking end of me holy shit <laughs> That's fucking great. So how long did you work for the Jets? I only worked for them for a season. Really? Yeah. And then and that's a season. That fucking and you and and I'm sure that you're on the big screen, you're walking around the sidelines, everyone's seeing you. You are in 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 essence still carrying the torch of hot as shit uh Florida State girl, but now you're hot as shit Jets, Jets girl. girl. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And, and it's so funny because when I moved to New Jersey, I still had all like my southern flair. So I had like big hair, fake nails, big fake boobies. And then I realized when I got up north, like fake tan, when I got up north, it was no longer like southern flair. They're like, oh, she's from Jersey. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so then like when I realized like that was like what gave me away is New Jersey, I ripped out my extensions, ripped off my fake nails, like stopped tanning as much. And I took out my boobs. Like I took out my boobs so when you take out- after the season with the Jets because I just realized that they were just a huge distraction in my life and they were just attracting the wrong kind of people. Like and I was getting harassed for them, you know, not publicly yet. Like people didn't know what I was going through. But like 2008 was a terrible year for me. Really? Abs- like it was the it was the year that I think made me find the dark like i just it was a super dark year you know like stuff went through my head that year that you know i don't wish on anyone and i think it's that kind of stuff that made me realize like comedy is what i wanted to do because you can't have the funny in your life without the dark in your life like people that are super happy i'm like yeah you're not that funny like you're funny yeah. to your mom but you're not funny in real life yeah you know? i don't get i don't get it i i, I always i always sometimes I, I think i connect mine with like uh substance abuse or whatever yeah. i go i go if you hey if, if if you don't get down the way i see people get down or if you don't have that if you don't have that trigger for spontaneity for that that trigger to go fuck it let's get high fuck it, let's get drunk <laughs> like if you don't have that i don't not you know that i don't things, trust yeah, you exactly but i just i go i go then what is it if you're in comedy i go what is it what's the thing in you like if because because the, like I've I was th- sober for years, yeah. for years after I left Florida State and before I moved to New York. And when I moved to New York and I started going through all the stuff that I was going through and I wasn't telling anyone about it. I mean, I not only fell off the wagon, the wagon backed up and ran me over. Like, no, wait, that's how bad so it got. So what was your what was your inner circle like when all this shit's going down in 2008? You're living in Hoboken, right? Yeah. And you're 
you're working for the Jets. You're working for the Jets while this is going down, correct? Mm-hmm. And and it just must I can't imagine the shitstorm. Well, I moved to New York and I was dating this guy. I thought we were going to move in together. Within a month and a half of me moving there, he cheated on me and then left me for a Hooters waitress. Uh, so yeah, that was like my whole world imploded because that was where the majority of my friends were. You know what I mean? Like they were his friends. And when you get, you know, when you, you know, break up with someone, you lose the friends in the divorce, you know? So my friend, his friends weren't going to choose me over him, even though what he did was wrong. They were just whatever, you know? So I was literally alone out on a ledge. And, and, and I'm then, surprised I didn't jump. <laughs> and you get into the Jets. You make these friends at the Jets, and then all of a sudden everything implodes at the Jets. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like, great, I'm in Hoboken. I feel like Frank Sinatra before he was famous. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like this. Oh. There's a there's a vibe about that city. I tell everyone, but not Hoboken, but just New York and that area in general. I tell people that that city loves to hate fuck me. Like, we have this weird relationship that... You know, like, I don't know what this like. I don't know whether I want to have sex with you or fight you, but something's going to happen. Like, it's like that guy that I cannot quit no matter how yeah. bad he treats me because the sex is so good. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. that's New York, because if you can make it there, I mean, they say you can make it anywhere. I mean, not to <laughs> no, but if you can make it there, I think it built me up. So I was strong enough to handle the criticism and the backstabbing and the the uh hollywood knows that i get out here you yeah. know what i mean hollywood hollywood's an interesting town it's a lot i i enjoy it more i lived in new york for right when i graduated college i moved to new york to do start stand up and it definitely turned me into it turned me into uh moralistically and 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 stylistically personality wise it grew whatever i thought i had in florida state yes and it turned me into a much more uh assertive person than i ever would have it's been. like when batman goes away to like train with <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and he comes back and he's like he's got his ninja skills now that's what i felt like new york did oh, for me fucking i always say this are you know do you know who ari shafir is yeah of course ari, okay ari is la guy for a long time where i remember dropping him off his apartment one night and he goes yeah i'm moving to new york i'm getting rid of my place so i was like what and he was like you know i always i was always jealous that all you guys had these stories about living in new york and doing stand-up in new york and i wanted to see that he goes to New York. And by the way, tell Arlie I said this. I'll tell him one day. Anybody. He goes to New York, I, um, I want to say almost with nothing. <laughs> Comes back and he's got a TV show he's producing at Comedy Central. He's got an hour special. His podcast runs circles around majority of podcasts out there. The punch he's drunk one or the other one? What's, no, 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 no. Uh, um, uh, his septic tank. Yeah. Septic tank. He's he's traveling the world doing stand up, snowboarding in, in Austria. I mean, all these making things. out with dudes ringside at UFC. The funniest thing <laughs> I've ever fucking. I saw seen. them and I made my buddies. I was like, rewind that, rewind that. Him and Duncan. That is the that is the comic <laughs> spirit. That is yes. That is that's something the that's, stuff that I live for. That is, there is. That's why I take Brad Williams to everything with me. I'm they like, be the one day a, that I end up Grant. on the kiss cam. Is gonna be legendary with a midget. Are you oh. kidding me? We're gonna we're gonna like burn the place down. I I saw that. I was taking a shit yesterday, and I saw that, and I called my wife in while I'm taking a shit. I'm like, you gotta see this, and she's like, I don't. She's wanna like, see I it. don't want to see and it. And I was like, no, it's Ari and Duncan, and she was like, huh? And and it, I. What are you guys doing in there? <laughs> it looks like Ari and Duncan. I want to see this. Take a picture. Post it. No, I was so. You look like the kind of guy that takes pictures of his poops, like the really Uh, good ones. Used to, before I realized you're not allowed to. (laughs) 
You're not allowed? Uh, and, and, and send them. Uh, there was a time well, uh, working at Travel Channel. There was a big learning curve when I started working there. I, I've been there. They had they, to send you letters? Nope. It was, for, it was Please stop sending pictures of your shit to people. It was <laughs> phone calls at first. <laughs> and it was like, listen. Face-to-face uh, meetings. You can't take pictures of yourself on the toilet. You know, you're a rep of the network. We're brand friendly. You need to understand what is you're putting out there you by the way can we look at your youtube page and there's a few things that maybe you could just retitle and i'm like oh yeah and like one was it, it it was a big learning curve but it was a learning curve about growing up as well i think i was i came up in the in the generation of comedy where people did not know how to get on the road people did not know how to start hosting if or featuring if you were out of la or new york you were like how the fuck it's just like i become a headliner and 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 me and gary goldman and all these guys were like how do you get out there and, and we saw our way out on the road as like push it on the online get get a ton of myspace followers clubs respect myspace followers put youtube so you'd title things on youtube like black people and then and then it would get 40,000 hits yeah and the majority of them were just negative comments of this white motherfucker the joke wasn't racist but that was how you got eyes on it and uh and that was the, you know that was it's like almost you became better at marketing yourself than you did at your stand-up you didn't give a fuck about your stand-up yeah you cared about marketing yourself and i felt like saying you know i'm working so hard now on just trying to gain credibility within the comedy world as not being the hot girl you know what i mean Um, okay you're never gonna get past that really you're never gonna you're hot girl that's look sarah's hot Sarah, she is. Sarah's hot, and I and I still see Sarah on stage, and I go, God damn it, she's beautiful. I still see Eliza. I still see Amy. I still see Push, Christina Pajinski. I still see all of them, and I go, they're beautiful. They all are girls beautiful. that I look up to, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's that's where I want to get yeah. to. You know, Nikki Glaser. I, mean, I don't want to leave out anyone's names, but like, I, you you look at them and you go, because I don't want anyone to go, well, I'm not hot. It's not about that. The thing is, in, in comedy, it's like people want you, people want you to. Pay, pay your dues it's the dumbest thing in the world but they want you to know well they just care that you respect the art form yeah and that's all i ever care about any comic is they... that's why i get so angry though when i see like comics posting pictures of themselves like female comics posting pictures of themselves like with no clothes on and they're like well you did it and i was like i did it when i was 21 yeah well, you know what i mean like well, you've got were... perspective yeah you've got a lot of perspective on on what you want to be seen as, I avoided the fucking Rolling Stone things for so long. I wanted, I didn't even tell people about it. I got TV shows and people didn't even know about it. And and then uh, my buddy Grimes Cannon, we were uh, we were out here trying to make videos. It was like before YouTube was popular, really, and you didn't know what to do with shorts. Yeah. You just made shorts. <laughs> my buddy, me, Grimes, and this my buddy Croy and uh, Caleb, we were making these shorts and we didn't know what the fuck to do with them. And Grimes said something about this art, the article I was in. And I go, let me tell you something. Let me talk about that. And he goes, you need to respect that because had that not happened, I would have never had the balls to come to L.A. to try to make it. And I went, what? And he goes, well, that happened to you. And I realized, oh, shit, we can go out there. We can move out there. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So in a weird way, I, and I saw this with you, I was like, the fact that you got discovered on TV, it gave balls to a lot of girls to go for their dreams and say fuck it i want this that's it that's that's what cj was and that's why yeah. I, I took cj under my wing is because she was just like she saw what i did and was like i have those same dreams it and becomes it was just, real yeah exactly and i'm i couldn't be prouder of her for how she's like really taken this role 
and just you know she's one of the most hated people on WWE right now but that's a good thing yeah. you know oh, it's yeah. a great thing Especially in she's that a industry. fantastic heel she's got great stage presence you know and she's hot she looks amazing you know so what was the time like after the whole jet shit goes down to now like where what where, like where it's 2008 you you end up in LA I end up in LA and within a month of moving out here I find myself in the hospital like they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was incredibly ill. Um, and it turned out, like you had mentioned before, that I had been on Xanax for like five years since the Favre stuff happened. Like when the Favre stuff happened initially, I went to a therapist and I confided in the therapist what was going on. Yeah. And I was on a ridiculous amount of medication in order to get By the way, it. I have to say this before I forget. His fucking voicemails are fucking pathetic. <laughs> I'm so, like I really lost so much respect for that guy in a way that I looked. I, I, I lost respect for him the other day when he's he's doing every goddamn commercial out there. I'm like, dude, aren't you a simple farm boy? Just go out and mow the lawn. That's all we're looking for. And now you're doing fucking Wrangler commercials but and the, haircut commercials. The number one thing people never understood about that though is that I never met him. Like I've never met him. I never met Brett Favre. Like. It was literally me being cyberbullied. It was like a troll, you know? Yeah. That was essentially what it was. A troll that had my phone number and my MySpace and because that was still a thing back then. And that's all it was. Wasn't he but like, it was wasn't so he like vile using, it was so uh, vile and mean. Yeah. The stuff that was said to me, I just I don't wish it on any female. Wasn't he using a fake MySpace profile or something? Yeah. I mean, whoever it was, like I I can't say definitively that it was him because I never met the person. Yeah. Um, but it was very implied, and I don't think that they would have said certain things if it wasn't him, you know? Um, yeah, I, 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 Eric pulled up the voicemails, and it was just like, it was like, it was like, not only can the night, could the guy not take a hint, but it's like, it's like, it, it, it just came off like, like, I was like, man, not only, and aren't you fucking married? Not only all that shit, but like, you ain't got no game. Like literally none. <laughs> I have more game than him, and I have no fucking game. Oh, like I am. I love to hear some of the drunk voicemails you left chicks back in the day. <laughs> I used to leave. This is before you could. This is when like your creativity would bubble, but you didn't have a place for it. I would leave my agents' assistants messages. Oh my god! Constantly hammered, listening to music. They're like, like this guy's got talent. This song defines me. Allison was her name. She's an interior designer now. I would leave Allison voicemails all the fucking time oh and she would call him back the next day and like okay that voicemail i'm in hysterics but i like i had no i had no in hysterics I it's so no- funny because that's what i used to do too all my friends answering machines in high school yeah like the stuff that i would do to people like i always had this like funny snarky side of me my parents will always tell you like I was just always like their smart ass child, but I had funny parents too. I mean, my yeah. parents thought it was hilarious when they pretended to leave me at the Mexican border when I was five. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So to get back at them now, I'm dating a full blown Mexican. So like, it's whatever. <laughs> um, but like they, they literally did that. They're like, Jen, sorry, they're not letting us bring you back. Cause I don't look anything like my parents. I have like darker skin, darker eyes, you know, dark hair. They're like, they're not, they're not letting us bring you back, Jen. Sorry. <laughs> we'll write you, you know? And I'm just sitting there five at the Mexican border. Having walked through Tijuana, I saw people like, banging donkeys and like dealing drugs and following us around like you want leather goods leather goods five dollars you know yeah. <laughs> two for almost free you know <laughs> and i was so t- like, par- like just petrified that they were gonna leave me there you know i was like yeah. how am i gonna make it in mexico i'm five yeah. you know that's the kind of stuff my parents used they would punk me 
nonstop. What's your dad do? Um, he works in like plastics, like yeah. a graduate, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not plastic surgery, unfortunately. What? Unfortunately. Wait, when you get your boobs taken out, what do they do? Do they, they, re- do they, they replace them, them with another? I had silicone? spacers for like two years. What are spacers? Like they just, they were just like little saline things that they put in there to like kind of, your boobs have to kind of like retract, you know, they have to like, the skin has to be given time to like kind of suck itself back in. Uh-huh. And then, um, I finally had, um, like completely done, done in, December of last year. So when I went to the national championship game last year, I was real doped up on my pain meds. Like I was like maybe ten days post op. I had no business being out in public. Um and I just remember that last that last um when when he's running the running down the field and we're yeah. about ready to score on that on that kickoff return. I'm jumping up and down and mi- like midway through my first jump when I'm like get in the air I realize oh shit this is gonna hurt so bad and so I'm holding my boobs and like crying and screaming at the same time I was like man I really hope someone caught that on camera because it was hilarious I was I was you want to know the biggest saddest story in the world I got way too fucked up at the pre-party I, I hadn't seen you missed it I, you passed I, out hold on I get to, it's worse. <laughs> You're like getting teary-eyed just thinking um, about it. I, it's the reason I didn't go this year to the game with the Ducks because I was like, I was like, I know myself. I get, I go with a, I go with Segura. I buy tickets for me, Segura, one of my cameramen, and uh, and another dude, and uh, and then I get on this Lambda Kai bus to all these old Lambda Kais. They're all like 45 at the time. It seemed old to me. But they're all grown-ups. They were all, like, yeah. graduated when I was there. And, and then I have all these ATOs that I grew up with in in college. And then I and I was in college for, like, seven years. So I know everyone. And and, and I'm on TV. So I, I know a lot of people that I barely remember. And I just got way too fucked up. Not that I was – and so – and I'm, like, I'm out of it. I'm having the greatest day of my life. The weather was perfect. It was my so great. My buddy Eddie Fernandez has me in stitch. He's the funniest human being I've ever known in my entire life. And he's just trying to make me laugh. And I'm laughing hysterically. We get into the game. It's me and Hatterman and Eddie are sitting together. We're like per- great seats, amazing seats. And we start getting down and I start getting real contemplative of like of life and what is life about and Hadman and Eddie are getting pissed oh that no we're you can't ever get in that you can't and, ever get in that thought process and, I, and I'm leaving I'm flying to Munich no I'm flying to Zurich the next morning uh, like I have to fly to Zurich like I can't go morning. out this way and I'm like no and I'm just thinking Bert who are you I go <laughs> and I'm like you're a dad first and foremost and you're a husband and Oh you love and and you are here with your friends and you're getting fucked up and you're and you're drunk like like when they threw the ta- spear I started crying and I'm like I'm like you're, you're, oh you're in a place where you you don't belong you belong with your daughters you belong with your daughters and watching you're this like, game I have with your to daughters. go home so I go to look at Adam and Eddie I go you guys want beers I'm like yep I go I'm going to get beers anyone else want beers everyone's like no I'll take one I walked out got an Uber came home sat down with my kids watched the game got on the trampoline they jumped around it was like the most beautiful moment then my wife comes out we're on the trampoline and she goes you're gonna be killing yourself in about five seconds i go why she goes this might be the greatest game i've ever seen i come in and i watch them score and i'm like are you fucking kidding me oh my god so you're like i love goes, my family Segura's like where are you where are you are you watching this i'm like i'm at home he's like what so i that's why i didn't go this year but uh but yeah those the i i had such an amazing bill burke called me and was like are you going to the game? Because he's had this in like epic tailgate, and I was like, 
ah, maybe. My buddy Josh Temple called. He goes, I got an, I got two tickets for you and your your wife. And I was like, uh, like everyone was calling about tickets. And I was like, oh. I can't. All my friends were like, I'm holding off for Dallas. And I'm like, yep. Mm. <laughs> How's that plan working out for you now? So, okay. So you, so you, I've always wondered about when people get their boobs out. I would never understand how that works. But so you get, you get. After the first stuff, you get put on Xanax by a doctor. Yeah, I got put on Xanax, and um, I was on it for like five years. Like like daily? Yeah. That's super dangerous. Yeah, but they don't tell you that. Like, doctors don't tell you that stuff. Yeah. And um, I took a Xanax last night. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> I love Xanax. I, you and me both. But <laughs> I, I found out, because I took myself off of it. You can't just jump off of it. You can't jump off of it. And so I was having, like, strokes. And like, didn't realize it. Like I was having like little baby seizures, which you can have, you know, when yeah. you come off of it the wrong way. And they didn't realize that that's what it was. So they were like trying to diagnose me. I was sitting in a, in a neurologist office and they thought I was like, they were testing me for like MS and Parkinson's and stuff like that. And I was just like, I'm too young. And this is like, I was like, this is crazy. You know what I mean? I was just sitting there and it like, that was my, oh my God, I have to get my life together moment. But I didn't even realize until maybe six or eight months later that it was Xanax. And I figured out that it was withdrawal, Yeah, you know, that I was going through because oh, I didn't psychologically need it. You know, I didn't. And I'd gotten down to like a really small dose. Like like what were your milligrams? Cause I, 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 was I, taking a, I was taking a quarter of a half a milligram at the end. And it was still staying in my system long enough to freak me out. Yeah. Um, and getting off of that was the hardest thing I've ever done. They wanted to put me in rehab. And I was like... You want to put me in rehab for something that you put me on? Like, eat a bag of dicks, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not fair. It's interesting. I uh, my uh, my wife's dad was on it for a long time, and they but doctors just prescribed it. Yeah, and then didn't tell him, hey, because the dosage says take uh, one tablet as every, needed as needed every four to six hours, and you're like, huh? Uh, I I was I've been very open about this, but I was I would say addicted to Xanax. Uh, when I was, I stopped drinking and then I had kids. It was during Last Comic Standing 2. Yeah. And I was taking Xanax a lot. And I, I was taking it because the doctor said, I didn't know that you couldn't take it as much as you wanted. And I was drinking on it. And my wife oh, just, I never partied on it. My wife just pulled the plug and was like, she's like, hey, I don't know if you notice it, but you're a dick the next day. The next day when you, oh, you yeah. have it, you're just, you're just real short with everyone. And you're I was short like, and you just don't care. You know what I mean? Like there's no... You just don't care about anybody. It's really you know? hard to work You're out You're very the selfish. Yeah. You're a very selfish person on it. You don't really care about anybody or anybody's feelings. And it made me a terrible, terrible human being. But it was the only way I knew how to cope with the situation that I was going through and not talking to anybody. Like, I didn't talk to anybody about it. It, definitely, you know? it definitely subtracts all of that that conversation in your head that you're obsessing about and that you want to share. So once you take a Xanax, you're like, that's gone. Yeah. But I'm really cool with whatever's going on exactly. right now. Exactly. You're just along for the ride at that point. But so when you were just saying like, you know, um, addiction or substance stuff, mine was like unknowingly. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think I needed it. I yeah. didn't, I, I took myself off of it like, I don't need this anymore. You know, I'm in California. I got great weather, blah, 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 you know. And I just, you know, I it was it was a hard thing to get over. And it sucked because like I was in groundlings and I was like busting my ass out here when I first moved out here. And... I had to like kind of take a step back from everything career wise. People were like, oh, you disappeared. I'm like, I disappeared because I got incredibly ill and I had to get my life together. Yeah. You know, I didn't put it on blast because I didn't want people to perceive me as unhirable, yeah. you know, but that's that's really what happened. Yeah. So 
stand-up started coming along I really studied stand-up when I was sick because I would go to these clubs and I would be miserable with all of the stuff going on in my life and being sick and stand-up just made me feel better being around comedy and I was like this is what I want to do for people you know like this is what I've always wanted to do for people but I never thought I'd have the balls to do it and I studied it really really hard like hung around a lot of comics and just kind of learned you know like how to tell a joke what the like the ways to how to write a joke you know and finally I got the balls to do it and the first time sucked incredibly bad where'd you go the first time Oh, that was the problem is I went down to Irvine and oh, I I did a show at Irvine Oof. and Irvine Improv gave me like seven minutes and that was the longest seven minutes of my life. And who, wait, who was who else was on the show? Do you remember anyone? Grant Cotter, uh, Nigel and uh, Johnny LaQuasto. And they were just all like, dude, that happens to the best of us. Don't worry about it. You know, they were like, you actually got a lot of laughs for your first time. And that's a really hard crowd. They're like, they are terrible people. Irvine's <laughs> a, Irvine's a, Irvine is a fickle. It's a I, tricky I just did crowd. It's a really just, tricky crowd. I just did New Year's there in the new club. And it's it's an interesting cre- type of person because it is a specific demographic that, that uh, kind of only really enjoys – I don't know. It's a specific demographic, but they also get the number one headliners – in the world go through there so and some very- of them eat it too yeah. because oh, it's yeah. just such a fickle it's a very specific crowd you know i love that having said that i love i i mean irvine and brayer were the crowds i cut my teeth on yeah those, are the-, those are the two that i i was getting out of la and doing that and whenever i need like a a reality check as far as like where i'm at i'll go down to like san diego and do like the wood or um even the comedy store down there in la jolla and it's just nice to get around crowds that aren't jaded. It's, like this is a really hard town to work in comedy in. I haven't. I mean, I, well, my life's a little different in that I'm super busy. Uh, with I travel. I'm traveling every every week. I'm traveling for three weeks, and so, and I'm trying to be a good dad and be healthy. So like, I find myself not going out unless like unless like Duncan or Ari or Joe or Joey says Wants hey let's to make out let's let yeah they go hey let's go do something tonight and then I'll go to a, I'll do go, go do spots but I don't really I'm not really focused there oddly enough I oh, that's a fucking why are we talking about me here's my point um, do you do the road much I haven't but I'd like to you gotta do I, the road I you think... gotta do the road you'd fucking love it. I think I would, honestly. It would take me back to like my Sports Illustrated days. Uh, Are you going to be in Tampa in uh, January 30th? I could be. I could always. I, I, I am one of those people that it's like if my friends called me up and said, hey, we're doing this in New York, I'll find a way to get there. You it's, know Gasparilla, what I mean? it's Gasparilla weekend yeah, in Tampa. Of course. I'm doing – do you know who Cowhead is? Yeah, of course. Cowhead is one of my, one of my best friends. I'm going in. I do, I do a tour called a Call and Sick to Works tour. So I, do, <laughs> I go in, I do radio, uh, I drink on radio, and then I go to the, right to the club and after radio at 10, and I do an 11 a.m. show, and everyone calls in sick to work, goes into the club. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been selling out everywhere I've gone, and uh, and so I co- told Cal about it, and I was, yeah. like, I was like, let's do one. So I got the improv on the 30th. And, uh, and my parents have been begging me to do stand up there. And I'm you like, should... you guys don't want to hear me talk about look, you. Look, I'll figure this out. We'll figure this out. But like, you should definitely come in, come in and do like, uh, you can, I don't, I don't think when I do these, I don't have anyone on the fucking lineup. Like, because no one, no club books 
10 a.m. spots. No. So every time I've gone in, like, if we usually... Did, if we did a show together, like, Tampa would probably explode. Yeah. Uh, Tampa <laughs> is... Tampa's... Um, I'm, My parents would probably disown me as well. I don't know um, who's headlining that weekend, but usually, like, the headliner will come and do a set. Yeah. Like, Mitch Fattel did a set in Pittsburgh. Bill Crawford, who's Bill's... Bill and Randy have the biggest radio show in Pittsburgh. Bill did a set. I want to say um, someone else. Like, but it's it's kind of a free-for-all. It's a little yeah. bit like the store, a little bit like the improv, but then I do an hour. I love the store um, just because... I feel like I can take risks there. You know what I mean? Especially since I've been doing a lot of those roast battles. Store is a great place to learn. Yeah. The store is the store will teach you more about who you are, who you are. Uh, and I, I don't work the store, but I but I definitely say for you, the store is a great place to be. Well, because I'm I'm in that weird area where like I've talked to a couple of comics that I really trust on it about like whether I'm a club comic or an alt comic, and they're like, "You're such a good." They go, "Don't worry about it." Really? Don't even worry about it. Don't worry. Right now, and I'm being serious, and I, I think I realized the other day I've been doing stand up for I've been for a very long time. Just, just honestly, don't the the, the titles and the and the and the. But it's like rooms. high school. Like there's still groups. There's still cliques, yeah, and it, it kills just, me. Just be nice to everyone, and everyone will like you. I mean, like, there's, oh, that's, I'm as nice as a person like me can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm genuine. No one will ever say that I'm fake to them, and I'm a good person. Like I don't screw people over. Yeah. You know, just, and that's what I do. If I were you, you're doing the right thing. You, honestly, I would go when I first started in New York. I would just go sit in the back of the club, and and I would just I would. It's amazing to. And you were saying this earlier about learning how to write a joke. You're watching people, and you're going. I've had that thought before, but I didn't know how to say it that way. Mm-hmm. And and you'd sit back and you'd be like, motherfucker. There's a period of time where you will emulate people you respect, and you go like, you'll be like, you'll find yourself sounding like there are a lot of women. And I that sounded like Sarah when yeah. they first started because Sarah was so dominant. Still is, still yeah. is. Sarah is, is one of. I enjoy her personally now more on podcasts because when she's being, when she's high with Todd Glass on a podcast with Doug Benson, the three of them. I get giggling. her a lot as a as a reference, and I get uh, Schumer a lot as a reference. Schumer's the sweetest girl in the world. I love. I girl, love her. Woman, I, 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 don't know I have such a girl crush on her. I love Amy. She is. Um, she is uh i can't imagine what she's going through in life with um, the amount of things happening in her life right now i i know that we but she deserves them oh, oh she deserves all she's of them monster. we got uh, drunk one morning at an airport or maybe <laughs> I did. um and uh, we had hung out the night before and partied late and then caught a flight and we're on the same flight and she was saying to me and i didn't understand it at the time because i don't i don't think i was doing i was just doing travel channel and stand up but she was like I didn't think I'd ever be this busy. I don't know if I can handle it. Like, it's a lot of fucking responsibility. And then, like, um, six months later, I'm doing my book and doing press for my book, and I'm losing my shit. And all I could think was, Amy now has a Judd Apatow movie. Like, holy fuck, I should reach out to her. And then I didn't because I'm fucking not a good friend. But, <laughs> but, um, but I would just sit back, enjoy it, write as much as you can. Oh, I and, write and, all the and, time. And, and take chances on stage, but don't. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen. It's it's not going to be something. If you're good at, you'll you'll just get better quicker. I believe, based on the fact that we were state school kids that learned how to develop our our personalities before we did anything else. I mean, our, the, our ability to get along in this business is leaps and bounds. We take great general meetings. We take... Oh, I give great meeting. Yeah, I give <laughs> great meeting. And it, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's fucking... 
it is uh, that is Florida State. That, and I'm, I'm, I honestly believe this. Going to a state school for me taught me so much about interacting with people, and and I feel like it gave me a leg up in the business in just in being regular. I didn't go to Princeton, you yeah. know. Like if you look at, I didn't go to Harvard. Like, I, but a good friend of mine is Dimitri Martin. Is a mm-hmm. comic in New York. In New York, Dimitri's. I remember going into a meeting after Dimitri, and they were like, said something about him not giving a good meeting. Well, Dimitri's a little finicky. He's a little quirky. He's a little different. He went to fucking Princeton. He went to NYU Law. He married a, a doctor. You know, like, he's... He's brilliant. If he's I have brilliant. to have surgery, I mean, I trust him to do it more than my drunk buddies, yeah. you know? And he's um, an amazing writer, yeah. an amazing comedian. And if you want a project done seven different ways in one day, give it to me, Dimitri. Don't give it to me. Yeah. I am but If you want someone to talk about that project with, I'm the fucking guy. Yeah, Like, exactly. I can talk your ear off at a bar. I can... I can get into your uh, financial pants quicker than a lot of comics, but that's just, I believe that is, and I said that in the Rolling Stone article, we are we we are taught social skills on a fucking steroid level. Yeah. Whatever Harvard does for brains, Florida State, Florida, University, or uh, Ohio State, um, uh, fucking UCLA, all these state schools that are, that are powerhouses in partying, that does that for us. I do genuinely believe that. Because we're the master of happy hour connections and getting it done. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I networked in college getting with no it other. done. We fucking <laughs> would go out and party balls and then get it done. And yeah. It's like, listen, I'm not playing I don't know ways. how I passed. I don't know how I graduated. I really don't. I still am shocked that I graduated that fucking <laughs> school. I am still consistently shocked. I wake up having dreams going, fuck, I didn't do the homework. Like, Oh my God, I have those too. I'm I, like, when are they going to take my diploma back? Yeah. I literally have that dream once a month where I'm like, oh man, they're going to realize that I forgot to take this class or this class. I mean, it's going to happen one yeah. day. One of the things, Amy was in, and I'll, I'll correlate your career with Amy a tad bit, because Amy was in a similar situation to you in that she was a comic for uh, for not a, a super very long time, not you know like not like fifteen years or anything, and then got on Last Comic Standing, and and Eliza as well. Yeah, they were comics. Got on Last Comic Standing. They were beautiful. They were noticed. They were recognized. And a lot of guys took uh, Amy on the road. Tell uh, Jim Norton, and they didn't take. They're all monogamous dude they're not having sex with amy but they respected her she's fun to be around she's nice i think you have to be able to be someone that people can spend time with and not want to kill to go yeah. on the road you know yeah. what i mean like it's like taking it's like having a road trip like you're not going to take your annoying friend on the road trip like there are some girls that i'm friends with i'm like we are never going on a vacation ever ever again yeah. together because <laughs> i will kill you yeah you know and I think going on a road, like, I, I see it as, like, building a family, which is why I really, like, it's something that I definitely want to do maybe in the next year or so. Going on the road is, gives you an insight to people, to yourself, your voice, what you want to talk about, like nothing in Hollywood or New York can give. Hollywood and New York will get you sharp, it'll get you tight, you'll get a really great 10 minutes, and you can hone it, and you can work on it. It's going to be a little out of touch for, say, you know, Des Moines. Yeah, like, Des exactly. Des Moines is going to go, I don't take taxis. I don't know what the fuck Uber is. Like, I don't know what your reference is. I don't get it. We don't have Puerto Ricans. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. However, going to Des Moines, do an hour, and you're like, and you and you, you find these universal truths that, 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 and then your take on it is is when you realize, oh, that's why David tells a genius. 
That's why Norton and Burr and and Louis. That's why they're geniuses. Yeah. Louis C.K. does alt rooms. Let me tell you something. Louis C.K. does the road more than alt rooms because Louis C.K. is playing for the world. Yeah. And you know, and alt rooms are amazing. I, the fuck, one of the greatest goddamn places I've ever performed. Meltdown is Meltdown Comics. Love Meltdown. I did uh, Doug. Doug it, it, Benson interruption there with Kumail and and uh, mm-hmm. Todd and Be- Doug and I told uh, I have a story about getting involved with the Russian mafia when I was younger. I told that story there. I've, I tell it on the road all the time. It's comedy fans. It's people who want to see comedy and or love comedy and and respect the art form and respect the nuance. I fucking walked out of there going, I want to get on this stage every time I can. That is the greatest room I've it's, ever performed in. It's so weird though because like that's a stage that I really want to get on, but people. I I had some people get in my ear and basically be like, Jen, no one's going to think you're funny because you're too pretty. No, no. You know what I mean? Like I've had and it and it's like, well, people don't respect you. Well, people don't think you're comic. Jen Kirkman is gorgeous. Morgan Murphy is I think I've I've had a secret crush on Morgan Murphy for fucking 10 years. Uh, There are the most beautiful women in the world perform on that stage, you know, so that's not it's don't let anyone. What's really bad is sometimes it's women that say that. Of course. You know what I mean? And I'm just like. Man, haters still happen when you're an adult. It's just so weird. It's so bad in comedy. Don't let anyone tell you anything. Don't let anyone tell you anything. Do whatever the fuck you want. Make friends with whoever the fuck you want. Don't think that click's different than this click. If you go into UCB... Just be nice to everyone and say hi to everybody. (laughs) No, it's weird though because like when I tried to do... When I did improv... I'm really good at improv... Um, like I, I really am like, I love doing it on the stage when I do stand up, but yeah. like actual improv, I'm just like, you know, what would make this really funny if we wrote it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like and on stage, sometimes you're just like, you might create it and it's amazing, but people are going to laugh just as hard at improv if it's shit because, oh, well they tried, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the, oh, well that was ridiculous laugh. There's, you know? there's improv. Uh, there are people that are amazing improvers. Yeah. I mean, there are. Then there's a lot of people that uh, are not. But that's the same as comedy. I mean, there are g- great comics, and there's a lot who are not. Here's the way I look at comedy. This is my fucking two cents in how I perform stand-up comedy. I have a boat of material. I always figure it, because I'm from Florida, I always reference everything in, in boat terms. I have a boat of comedy mm-hmm. that is uh, just floating in the water. And when I get on stage, I kind of get in the water, and I have that boat that I can go to, but my goal always is to swim as far as far away from that boat as I can and come up with material on the fly because that's how I write. I love doing that I on stage. I love that because, because, quite honestly, if I just sat and fucking fished for grouper on that boat all day long, I would be bored out of my goddamn mind. Like, I got to go spear fishing. I got to get into the water. Um, it's If anyone who just goes out fishing and fishes and doesn't hop in the water at one point, I don't understand that mentality of life. And so I always try to stay, swim as far away from the boat and see, I can always swim back to the boat. I always have material I can go to. Yeah. But I love to create on stage and I love, and without that, you get in trouble that way. You definitely, I definitely get in, I've gotten in a lot of trouble that I've way. I've gotten in trouble a couple times, but I yeah. mean, it, it's, it makes it exciting because otherwise I get bored. And I have to remind myself, Jen, these people haven't heard your set before. So, like, they don't know your jokes. So you might be bored with them. But I have yeah. to present them in a way that isn't boring. You know well, what? Fucking who calls my home phone? Who has a home phone? That's the bigger my problem. Wife. Oh. I guess one call. And they were like. Really? What? Um. Yes, please let this be. Jan, I'm oh, at the hotel. Let's see. <laughs> Hello? Hello? 
Yeah, good afternoon, Mr. Uh, Kreicher. Yeah. My name is Janet. Good hey. afternoon. I'm doing some calls out in uh, Valley Village, and I'm just contacting homeowners that use either DWP or Edison for their electricity. Janet, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of doing a podcast, and... And I, I don't have time to do this. I uh, and now you're on it too. I'm sorry. Can I uh, call you later? Um, I can call you back another time. That's fine. Sure, call me back, Janet. All right, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you. My wife gets those calls and goes, "You know what? Actually, that is important. Like, we should definitely call them." But I don't want to talk now. No. <laughs> like my wife, some guy came by trying knocking to sell windows. My wife's like, "You know what? We need new windows." I go, "I thought we blew these people off." She goes, "Nope. Sometimes they sell shit we need." So we all got fucking brand new windows in the house. Oh. And I was like, interesting. Um, I, I didn't mean to interrupt with that. What were you saying about, how, how long have you been doing to stand up? About a year. A year, a year I was, you want, you want to talk about, you want to talk about haters. A year into stand up, I had a six figure deal with Will Smith. I was living in LA and I was in a, a hotel, the Universal Sheridan. And yep. I was still working the door at the Boston Comedy Club. But I was set. I was in New York. I had gotten a deal six months in. I had been doing stand-up six fucking months. Jeez, make me feel like an underachiever, okay? But it was It'll because... be a year in March, you know? And I, uh, you know, till this day, like, there's there's days when I'm just like, you know what? Thank you so much, audience. This is the night that I realized... Um, I'm, I should probably give this up. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I'm not, actually, I've never really had one of those nights. It's never been that bad. But the one, like, there's nights when, like, I was doing the roast battle. The very first time Jeff Ross had seen me write roast jokes. And he goes, where the hell did you come from? You're so delightfully wrong. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I love Jeff's you. Jeff's a great guy. Yeah, he's like, I love you. He's like, you're so delightfully wrong. Jeff's a great guy. And, and he's a, and he's a. A, I say safe guy, but like he's not like a predator. No. So like I, I, he's a guy that I'd be like, if I were you, I'd be like, I'd hey, let's get coffee one afternoon. And Jeff would totally do that. I mean, but other it's, than- it's like, but it's like little tidbits like that when people like like him that I respect come up to me and say that kind of stuff. Where I'm like, okay, I'm doing this right. You're doing it right as long as you're doing it your way. Yeah. And here's the thing: is that you know. You're starting in the right place. It's not like you're going out trying to sell out theaters and not know what you're doing. And there yeah. are people who've done that, and, and they go up, and then people just go, I don't want to see it. Learn the craft. Get into the craft. Dig it. And and hop on the road with a couple guys. Find – or girls. I mean, g- girls, it's hard because it's like girls don't want to bring other girls on the no. road because you're going to your, – your shit's going to overlap. But there are guys that would fucking de- definitely bring you – I'd bring you anywhere in fucking Florida. I mean, we'd sell fucking shitload of tickets in Florida. Yeah. But you got to remember, you know, we also have this propensity. There, New York. I mean, yeah. any of those places. And And it's funny because if I did shows in New York – I think I would have to address the elephant in the room. You know what I mean? Like, you may. You and, may. No, but I, I have, believe me, I've already written jokes about it just in case it ever happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have great, great comebacks for if people ever said anything to me when I was on stage about that, you know? So now what's your what's your five-year plan? My five-year plan? I always say five-year plan because I have a five-year plan. Like I think in terms of that. Like when I got into stand-up, I didn't, on my 26th birthday, I've said this a number of times, but my dad told me I was a piece of shit. I was doing nothing. I was I was just fucking being the party boy in New York. I thought that I partied in Florida State and gotten discovered. If I party in New York, something would explode. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing did. And I was there like seven months. And my dad just called me. He's like, you're a, on my birthday, you're a piece of shit, da 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 you need to fucking. I've had those come to Jesus meetings with my parents too. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, they're terrible. Oh, it's, it's well, it's, you know, it's, they're, they, you know, they still go to Carabas 
for dinner, you know, Ugh. like that, like they, they have, think Duca de Peppo is like Italian. Yeah. And so my, my parents are the same way. And, and it's been really hard for my dad to like wrap his head around. And even when you're succeeding, my dad still has hiccups and going like, buddy, I, I don't, I don't want you fucking kayaking with crocodile. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, but the, that is so much fun. Like, I love doing crazy stuff like that, though. Like, that's what, always what would you what would your five year plan be like? What, what do you want to do? Five year plan. I honestly I got into stand up because I love sitcom yeah. and I think sitcom is, is a dying art, unfortunately. But I think that there's some shows out there that still do it right. Like mom is great. You know, I yeah. really undateable growing on me. I think yeah. it's maybe because I know a lot of the guys on the show. Um but I love comedy acting. You yeah. know, I love Judd Apatow's stuff. I love that crew. And um, I want to do, com- you know, comedic acting. But I think stand-up is such a great way of learning how to tell a joke or what makes things funny. That like now that I've... exploring your own personal timing. Yeah, exactly. You know, what makes me funny? And like instead of going to like a school that teaches acting and they try to tell you what makes you funny, you're like, no, you don't... I've tried this in a room of, you know, 500 people. And let me tell you, I know what makes me funny. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's like my five-year plan. I, I love what Schumer's done. Um, and like I definitely would see myself going down a similar road as her. That's what I would I would love, you know, God willing. And I would definitely like stand up is something that is going to stay like it's not like I would stop stand up for acting like yeah. I would want to be, a you know, I would want to be able to do both things because I get a certain thing out of stand up like a therapy that is just unmatched by anything. Do you have the goal of going back and performing a powwow for Florida State? Oh, my God, that'd be so fun. I got an offer. This is like a long time ago. To go back and do that? I got an offer from my my agent was like, would you be interested in doing powwow for Florida State? 1,000%. I was like, I was like are you fucking kidding me? And I Especially after going, seeing how my roast jokes went over at Florida at the Florida State um, comedy thing. Yeah. I told one about Nick O'Leary. Or I had Brad tell one about Nick O'Leary. Because um, I, I had him walk up. I go, you have to find this guy in the audience. I'm like, he looks like a Viking. You're not going to miss him. I was like, dude, you look like a Viking from the Capital One commercials. <laughs> and he's like, what's in your wallet? And you know, Nick's been in a ton of motorcycle accidents. I said, you go, yeah. You go, what's in your wallet? And you go, hopefully not a motorcycle license. <laughs> and the whole room of guys just lost it. Like they were just like, oh, shit. You know, like That's, I said, yeah. I'm always going to be the oh, shit girl. Yeah. Um, like that just happened. My comedy's great for world star hip hop. That's not, you know? <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, going back and doing powwow would be awesome. Um, I have I have aspirations to. I've always had people always like Eddie Ift always does like shows at Florida State. I've never once been invited to do a show at Florida State. I'm not a good college act though. Like I don't like doing colleges. I usually this is my wife. Yeah, <laughs> this is my wife. Hey. Hi. How are Leanne, you? Jen. I'm Jen. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Um, we're talking okay. Tallahassee. Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, I won't know much about Tallahassee. <laughs> She's a redneck, you can tell. I love her voice. Takes me back. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, we're home. I smoked my All right. All right. That's okay. Nice to meet you, too. Um, yeah, she, uh, yeah, I'd be, I don't know where the fuck I'd be without her. She met that guy that was just partying his balls off and was like, it wasn't like I, she was going to change me, but she definitely put things in perspective on where I needed to focus what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. Yeah. And what I wasn't good at was fucking controlling myself. <laughs> so, but, um, 
but yeah, I always would love to. I'm not a big college guy. I don't. I'll do colleges if they pay my quote, and if they pay my quote, then they know that. Then they've read the the writer that says I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna be politically correct. I'm gonna say whatever I'm talking. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to go into a college and then be like. Hey. Who, who likes orientation? Like, I'd love to go and do stuff for the troops, but I feel like I'm just so ridiculously inappropriate. Like, they don't allow women to do that kind of material Eliza overseas. Eliza does that shit, doesn't she? But you have to have, like, no sexual jokes at all. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Like, they were, they're what very the weird about point? that. <laughs> exactly. She's going up in a bikini and be like, I'm not allowed to talk about sex. But- I'm not allowed to talk about the sex, guys. <laughs> I'm making the jerk-off gesture for everyone that can't see me. But, you know, I'm not allowed to talk about the sex, but, um, yeah, I, that's why... I definitely, I don't like having, um, like things that are telling me, like, I don't like having boundaries. I don't like, like don't try to, don't try to cage me in and tell me what I can and cannot talk about. Well, let's, let's try to, maybe I'll, I'm going to talk to Cal. Let's try to figure out how we can do Tampa together. That'd be so sick. I got, uh, I'm there the 30th. So I haven't, I haven't figured out any of it. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe if you're going to be down there. Then we'll get you on the show too. You can come do radio with me and Cal. Oh my God, that would. I mean, I, I think I'm going. <laughs> That'd be such a hot mess, but it'd be such a fun hot mess to be, be a, a part of. <laughs> it would be a pretty amazing show. Right now, everyone. Now, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have said to you off air and be like, "Oh, you should look in." But now everyone's gonna be like, "Definitely do that. Definitely do. That. Definitely get on um, that." But yeah, it'll be fun. We'll go do radio with Cal for the mornings, or for the you know, because he's. Uh, we'll do like I don't know. I think I get in there from. Like on two, I don't know. Do you like land and then go straight to his show and start drinking? Uh, I don't know when I. I wouldn't judge you if you did. I've I've Uh, done that before. (laughs) I come in in from London. I'm coming in from Tanzania, so I I will be a hot fucking mess, Uh, and I'll be on malaria medicine. And when I'm on malaria medicine, my my brain goes kind of haywire. Amazing. So uh, Cal's gonna love it, but yeah, I I think I'm gonna go straight from Tanzania to Tampa to uh, to do. And then be there and try to try to regulate my fluids until the show, and then maybe go to Gasparilla. Do it the responsible way. And then I'm Look coming home to try to be a father. <laughs> or, what's your uh, What's your your Twitter is Jennifer Sturger? Yeah, it's my full name. J e n n i f e r. Yep. Sturger. S t e r g e r. You your Instagram. Same thing. Same thing. You're. That I keep it real simple. Board. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and my uh, MySpace. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> My, I I like as a lark. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get the MySpace app because they had an app. I was like, no. I'll get the app. I'll check out. Maybe maybe I'll reinvent my career on MySpace. Like maybe I'll maybe I'll flip flop it and bring everyone back to MySpace. Pain in the fucking ass. This no. App. Oh, all it did was just send notifications like, hey, too live, too hot, too hip is coming to your town. No. Too, oh. Like I'm I, I hate getting like the Google Plus and this and this. I'm like, are we still trying to make Google Plus a thing? Like, is that oh, really happening? I just, that happened to me today. <laughs> that happened to me today. I was like, what the fuck are these circles? And I was Google like, Plus, LinkedIn, Instagram. Oh, I've got the Vine. I'm too. I'm not smart enough to work Vine. I was on Vine at the very beginning, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be on the front. But it's just children. It's like children do Vine. Yeah. Adults don't do it. So uh, uh, so I stopped. I stopped Vine. I don't know. There are these two. I forget what it's called. It's like Ghetto Vine or something like that. But there are these two black guys that make like the most hilarious videos. They reenacted Missy Elliott's um, Super Dupa Fly in their closet wearing trash bags. <laughs> and I was serious? like, this is genius. There are some really good Vines. <laughs> yeah. Jason Nash is good on Vine. Ryan. Uh, D'Elia Ryan was Jin. great on Vine, but then he got kind of like butthurt because people were like, oh, you're famous on Vine. He's like, no, screw you. I'm 
famous in real yeah. life. Philly is <laughs> legit famous. Yeah. Um, Instagram. Oh, Will Sasso was amazing on Vine. Oh, he's so good. Will Sasso was fucking phenomenal on Vine. Like, that was the only person. Brian Callen, I enjoy on Vine. Callen. Callen's just a funny fucking human being. Exactly. Uh, he's uh, Instagram. I'm big on it. I love Instagram. Like, I, I, I get a kick at Instagram. That's where I see. I'm good at Instagram, but only because I'm like, I'm pretty. I'm not good with the words. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I'm not I'm not slutty enough for Instagram. That's what it is. I like I, to post funny stuff on there. I just unfollowed all the porn stars. That was my New Year's resolution. No porn. Good for you. No porn. I was like, it's inundating my brain. And it's coming to a place where it's like, I don't even know that I'm looking at it sometimes. Like, in, and a lot of it's like Instagram or YouTube or uh, Twitter. It's like you get on a link and you click it because you see an ass and you're like, oh, what? now I'm looking at porn and my family's in the room. So <laughs> I unfollowed You're all. like, I follow her for her witty jokes and inspirational quotes. I followed this girl, Jessie Andrews. She's a porn star. Uh-huh. I followed her because I was interest. I was gen- genuinely interested in her life. Mm-hmm. outside of porn like i was like she's this dj she makes jewelry and she, and she was having these really cool for like a period of three months she was on tour for her music and it was really cool to look at her not like, being not just being a, a porn, porn star. star yeah and and she like went to the kentucky derby and she had all these pictures with like old people I don't, with like, clothes on you're like, like holy yeah. crap she's a person i was like they don't even know who they're hanging out with like they're, they're hanging out with like a legit porn star and um and it was really kind of neat to see this double side and then and then it just like, and then I just kind of got turned off because I was like, I, I doesn't, f- I don't know. I'm not like a fan of her porn work. I don't like, <laughs> like I'm, so then I just unfollowed her. I was like, eh. oh, I've never understood that. Uh, I'm like, a big fan of your work. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, here's what, here's where it goes. If I could talk to you on my podcast, I'm a fan. Like yeah. if I could talk to you and have genuine, this is my daughter, Georgia. Oh my God. George. I love it. Um, She's doing I, the Harlem shake. Oh my God. Hey George, this is, my, this is my friend Jen. Nice to meet you. George got good pink dancer. eye and an ear double ear infection, so oh lovely. So she will not be coming in. <laughs> George, 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 beat it and tell Isla there's no reason for her to come out either. Okay. Isla, you want to come out here? Isla's my fucking lunatic kid. Oh. This kid is gonna be uh a fucking nightmare um but if i like i said if i could interview on my podcast yeah then i then i'll follow you and or i'm a fan or i get like i'm interested i'm genuinely interested poor jesse andrews i don't know what i'd talk to her about on a podcast i really i don't you know uh like you have nothing in common yeah. you know like i was really excited for this podcast i was because i was like i was like there's you're a like lot she's of, either gonna be a hot mess or awesome my fear was honestly my fear was you were gonna be a disconnected hot chick like that you would be like that you'd be like the number like, one thing I was like hey do I have to get dressed to come there and you're like no you're fine <laughs> yeah I'd rather I'd rather you be comfortable and not use video yeah then cause video does add like a it adds a level for this me is Isla. I mean they're both phenomenal I love that you like let them get dressed in the Big Daddy collection <laughs> what's up I Isla this is my friend Jen hi nice to meet you Isla's healthy she did have a you're not coming in Isla don't shut the door. Isla. Isla. That's what, see, but that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to have a good enough comedy career where I can have a family and, like, have a life. And don't get me wrong, they're going to be a big part of my material, I'm sure. Oh, Isla's a big part of my material. But you have to be able to grow. And I feel like comedians that can't grow and, like, can't take the next steps in life, like, I'm not going to be, like, the single hot chick forever. Like, I want this. You know what I mean? I, I I feel like you... 
there is a point where you start you start to regress if you don't grow. Yeah. And you go... You I'm know, not going to be the 45-year-old single, hot, you know, MILF-ish chick that doesn't have a kid. Yeah. You know, that's not what I want. Yeah. I, I mean... Do I you mean, agree with all of this? Do you agree with this, Isla? Maybe. <laughs> do you know what a MILF is? No. Good. <laughs> we'll keep it that way. <laughs> um, is it hard having a dad that's a stand-up comedian? No. I feel like that would be the best interview you could possibly have, is interview your kids. Nope. Oh, really? Because they are ham. Do you see what she's doing right now? I love it. She's a ham. She's mocking the crap out of you. The other day, I'm losing... Isla, do you remember when I lost my I lost my shit in, the, in your bedroom and you and Georgia stopped and you went, Daddy, you're funnier when you're serious than when you're trying to be funny. Oh, my God. You remember that? <laughs> Why? Why am I funnier when I'm serious? Because you're... F- I get that too. People yeah. are like, when you're angry, you're hilarious. There's a part of your real personality, yeah, that, that shows up. And these two are like that when they're trying, not trying to be funny, they're hilarious. But then when you know when they come on the podcast, they get a little hammy, oh. and, they'll, and they'll just start doing bits or doing like voices. <laughs> I love that your kids have bits. Oh, they but well, they're not funny bits, but they think they're funny. <laughs> like the funniest thing Isla ever said. She said, I, I mean, "I've said this so many times, but what." Is uh, we needed a safe word, and she came up with our safe word. Oh my god! And she was like, "I got it." But she was being dead serious. Like, and I was like, "What do you think it should be?" She goes, uh, "How about motherfucker?" Oh my god! She goes, "No one's gonna say that to a kid." And but she wasn't trying to be funny. She was being dead, dead serious. She was being brilliant. Oh. And she didn't know she's being brilliant. I doubled over laughing because it's when she's not being funny. No, is when it, that's like my buddy's kid the other day that I like would watch on occasion. Um, he had like one of those elf on a shelf things and he was very creeped out by uh, it. Yeah. And so he's gotten to that. Like he's like three and a half or four. He still needs like help wiping his own ass like that type thing. Yeah. So he just finished taking a crap and he's like, daddy, get in here. I need help to wipe my butt. And so he comes in there and he's like, Jesus, what did you do in here? He's like, what's your mom feeding you? He looked in the toilet. And the elf was in the toilet with a giant turd on it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. He was like, me elves. and he just looks over. Yeah, exactly. Your mom's been feeding you elves. He goes, daddy was creeping me out. Isla told me one time I was taking a, I was taking a dump. She goes, De- like dead serious. Do you remember this eye? She goes, dad, one time I, t- I had a poop so big, it had a slipper in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I went, there's no way you shit a slipper. She goes, swear to God, ask mommy. So I go, <laughs> Leanne, did Isla shit a slipper? Leanne walks right in and goes, yeah, she did. It was a Barbie slipper. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, apparently she had swallowed it and it left, like it was really hard to come out. And oh Isla God. did not forget about Barbie's it. Barbie's got them size six and a half. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this up. Why don't you go in and hang out with Papa Jay? I'll be in in a second. Why don't you grab a candy cane and go in and hang out with Papa Jay? Go. Come on. All right. Yep, grab a candy cane. <laughs> grab a candy cane. You dress. You do dress like a homeless person. <laughs> no, it's the Big Daddy you collection really for do. spring 2015. Have, very few people can wear uh, stripes, leopard prints. Minions from Despicable Me pajamas. Minions pants. Okay, go, Isla. She pulls it together. Uh, you're missing the best part of this outfit, which apparently she took off, which is her fedora. She's your hipster. She, nice. has a, she, had a fedo- she has the baddest fedora you've ever seen. Isla, can you please leave for like five minutes? I'll get the fedora. Okay, go get the fedora. All right. Bye, Isla. Bye, <sighs>
That's why I want a man. I have so much stuff around my house that needs to be opened that I just can't. Do. I'm like a fruit cup girl. Like I'm just like I can't open this. That's yeah. the only reason I want men in my life. That that I, I, and on. wrap it up. I that and adult sleepovers because I feel like that's the one thing oh. we shouldn't talk about in front of her. No, I, I I can't imagine when I'm on the road by myself. I just I get so bummed out. I was I would love if you could hire someone just to cuddle with you or just to so that good night I I love you. <laughs> To just to hang out with you because I get so the prostitutes would be super confused. It's like if, if you if you could just say, "Hey, there are our ground rules. We're not going to have sex." But I do want someone in the room so that if I have an anxiety attack in the middle of the night, they can be like, "It's going to oh be okay." Oh my god, I have some of the worst ones at night. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast when uh, when I uh, have my next one. My next one, I know that it's going to be it's going to be in Africa, but I'm going to oh, do a sweet. podcast while during it, a solo podcast, and tell you what's going through my brain. So I'm doing a real hardcore study in anxiety and anxiety and, and fear and shit like that. But here's, I don't know. This is the last thing I'm going to say to you. I believe this. When you find your passion, it's super fucking easy. And, and, and I think that, I think that one of the things I, I, I dug about your career or what you've gone through is that you've been forced be it by TV, be it by media, be it by other people, you've been forced to be yourself. You've been forced to find out who the fuck you are, and you've been forced to be Jen Sturger by yourself a lot. And, and yeah. it's one of the things that I've I've found. You you were forced a hand that is now commonplace in society, but was not commonplace. You were forced a hand of being famous for being hot and not really having a talent per se and you were however people didn't know i had talent people didn't know you had talent and they weren't allowing you to explore it and you had haters because of it and you were then you you went to new york and you and you really said i know what i'm doing and it fucking haters showed back up and you were forced once again to be jen sturger if stand-up comedy if 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 there's one thing that lends itself well to stand-up comedy it is being yourself truth and you are and you are I'm telling you, I say this, and I I didn't know what to expect when you showed up. I didn't know, uh, and sincerely, I was like, wonder if she'll show up in the cowgirl office. Like, <laughs> I I didn't know what to expect. I'm but sorry, I have the worst laugh ever too. No, but, but it's what, so uh, it's so but real. You're very, you're a very normal person, and you are definitely you you know who the fuck you are. And that is why you're going to succeed in stand-up much quicker than the average person. Because a lot of people show up at 21 and they don't know who the fuck they are. They just see what other people are doing and they replicate that. If you continue to stay Jen Sturger, you are going to be a smashing success. And I do think... That means a lot to me coming you're, from you, man. You're, you're going to... And I, and I say this, and I, I, will, I don't get to help any alumni out. <laughs> I will do whatever I can to help you out because we come from the same cloth. We are two kids who showed up at Florida State with as the, hot messes as and we <laughs> left that school confused with a tad bit of fame under our belt yeah and and everyone wanted us to fail everyone wanted the kid that partied his dick off for seven years and then got discovered by Rolling Stone optioned out by Oliver St- Oliver Stone and moved to New York they wanted me to come back and sell boats so that they could come up and go ah didn't work out huh well that's why i got into carpet sales in east georgia because mm-hmm. i i'm not gonna be the you know and they 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 wanted that for both of us oh hardcore people and, want me to go to porn so bad i yeah well there's i'm sure eric's grusin's like <laughs> well give me a heads up if you do <laughs> but no but but they do they want you to 
do that. And and I'm telling you when I say this, I you I will you have my back. I if you need anything, please let me know. I will help you out as much as I can. I want Florida State kids to have all the things I've had in this career and I want you to experience it and I will and I do think keep with the stand up get yourself a tight 10 minutes so that you love it that you can perform it anywhere and people love it that tight 10 minutes is so specific Barry Katz and Judy Brown would say cut it down to six and get it ready for TV late night and 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 then and keep developing but also get on the road and uh, and if we can get this Tampa thing to work out Oh, that'd be, be so fantastic. fun. That'd be so fun. Get out and show you the road and show you what it's like to stretch your legs out for 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. or, or or just get in there and have a destructive 10 and feel what 350 people on top of you in Tampa feel yeah. like and, and have your friends come out and go, I'm I mean, so I've, proud of you. I mean, I've done the, I've done like Gotham and stuff like that, sold out show at Gotham. Like I've done some really big rooms and I think that that's one of the reasons why I've been met with so much animosity almost well, yeah, in the comedy people, world is people are like why is she getting like i've done the parlor here yeah. on a monday night i've done like those roast i've done several of them it'll be different for you yeah. and i hope this tampa thing works out but it'll be different for you when you go home and people that you haven't seen in yeah. 10 years come out and they and they look at you and, and i can say this i can say this i want and i want you to have it as much as i enjoyed it is when you see someone from college who you know kind of did talk shit about you and then they see you and they're proud of you and they say, I'm so proud of you. And, and you realize that. They and I remember. go, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a perfect way to end this podcast. <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for coming. Let's figure out Tampa. Awesome. And let's let's. Uh, and like I said, you're a fantastic person. Likewise, man. I can't wait to hear what my wife has to say about you. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, uh, is that what you like? <laughs> <laughs>